Jack took the hazel and tried to position it as Uncle Parker had done in his palms. That's the ticket. Keep it light. Don't grip it. There's a good chance, you know, you might really get to do it. It says in this book children up to the age of 14 or so are often natural dowsers. Does it really? Jack liked the feel of the hazel in his hands. It really did feel taut and sprung, as if ready to leap. And there's another thing. No harm my telling you. I've looked up one or two old maps, and you've got a couple of underground water courses right on your doorstep. In the garden? Don't know about in the garden, but that big meadow at the bottom, somewhere in there. So you're in luck. You'll make sure somebody actually sees you dowsing, and you're in within cha and you're in with a chance of actually striking gold. Water. <laughs> Crikey. Jack was impressed. He could hardly wait to begin. He thought he could feel his palms tingling already. You can keep that stick, Uncle Parker told him. Might even be better than the one you've got. You never know. Temperamental, these dowsing rods. And if you don't do anything with one, you can change to the other. It'll look to everyone as if it's the rod that's wrong, not you. Jack could see that it would. Right, so that's prong one and prong three dealt with. We're back to prong two. Giant bubble. And the giant bubble. I'm still not going to tell all, Uncle Parker said. It isn't politic, not yet, but I want some more foundations laying. The first I shall do for myself. It's Rosie's birthday next week, right? She'll be nine, catching me up. Don't be an idiot, Uncle Parker told him. How can she? What I shall do is trot along to your place later on today and say that I am going to provide a birthday party. Smashing. I shall go on to say, in light-hearted vein, that as Daisy is coming and we don't want to risk a conflagration, the party will take the form of a picnic and will be held in the meadow. What if it rains? Jack asked. If it rains, we'll have to make the best of a bad job and have it in the house. And at least if there's a fire, the rain will be useful. And I'll bring a couple of extinguishers, he added. What's the foundation I've got to lay? Jack wanted to know. That's the question. Now look, if you were a man and didn't want to be recognized, what would you disguise yourself as? I mean, what disguise would you have that would be absolutely foolproof? No good just tacking on beards and mustaches. Too risky. Are you going to disguise yourself? No, I'm not. It's a friend of mine. Jack thought for a while. What about a bear? He suggested at length. First class! Uncle Parker clapped him on the shoulder. Just the ticket. Oh, what a... Oh, I can hardly wait. But how do I come into it? How you come into it, Jack, old son, is that you now start trimming up your vision a bit. Did you get the red and white in? No, Jack admitted. I tried, but there were too many people shouting and screaming. <laughs> well, get it in. Quick, today. And once that's sunk in, then go on to the great brown bear bit. Yes, that sounds good. I see, I see. It is the age of the bear, the great brown bear. <laughs> Jack was rapidly making notes. Don't overdo it with your father, Uncle Parker told him. The strain's beginning to tell. You can let him see you dowsing, but steer clear of him with the bear. <laughs> right. That all? For now, and for goodness sake, don't lose that book. It's red hot now with all that stuff in. Pity we didn't think of using a code. You needn't worry, Jack told him. It's in the safest place in the whole house. It's in among my comics. No one in our house would be caught dead looking at them. <laughs> That's true, 
Uncle Parker had been present on some of the occasions when the Bagthorpian views on rubbishy reading were being aired. <laughs> Good thinking, Jack. Besides, Zero's guarding them most of the time, Jack said. Uncle Parker made no comment on this. He changed the subject. How's Atlanta going on, by the way? All right. She's a bit of a bind. You have to keep repeating things and pointing all the time. Ah. Uncle Parker looked relieved. She can't speak English, then. I wasn't too sure why she didn't say anything while I was driving her over. <laughs> I think William's gone on her, Jack told him. He wants to take up Danish for his sixth string to his bow, but Tess won't let him. They keep having rows about it. Bit of a fly in the ointment, that girl, said Uncle Parker, half to himself. Whichever way you look at it. What do you mean? Oh, oh, nothing. We've already solved that one, anyway. Soft what? Jack was mystified. Off you go now. Uncle Parker stood up. Better get back before Daisy's up and rooting around for matches. If I can keep her from starting a fire for a few days in a row, it might break the habit. He hurried off, stooping where necessary under the arched roses, definitely keyed up by Daisy's alarming new propensity. It could hardly be doing Aunt Celia any good either, Jack reflected. He felt sorry for Uncle Parker, having to live with two such problems. It seemed to Jack that he deserved better. On the other hand, no one knew better than himself that families are really something that just happened to you. Nothing to do with choice. He broke into a run. Come on, Zero, old chap. I'll be able to pull in a fry-up before Fozzie gets in if we hurry. At the double, um. Mrs. Fosdyke. 